0: In the immortal words of Judy Brown, happiness is a choice. We are happy you're spending some time with us, us being Chip Brown and Zay the Right Call Collier, also known as Per Hilton. What's up, man? Because he's always got the social media goods on people like Quinn Yours dating us sooner. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Like, no one else is talking about this, but my man, Perse Hilton, deserves some freaking credit for breaking the news. Yeah. Uh, Quintavious. What are you calling him these days? Quincy? Uh, Quincy. Quintavious.
1: Quintavious, Quentin. You know, any of those black ass Any name that sounds like a brother. (laughs) Yeah, any name that sounds like a brother. Any name that sounds like a brother. Any, Any name that sounds fast. Yeah, man.
0: Not slow. Not slow. Yeah. Quinn
1: how many how many dudes you know named Quinn not many he might be the only one I don't know like Brady Quinn but that's the last name so that doesn't count you know the former uh yeah
0: the former Notre Dame linebacker slash quarterback
1: yeah that's a linebacker quarterback whatever yeah and does a decent job on Fox but um yeah, other than that, not too many Quins out there in these streets. How about you? Yeah, man. I don't know any. I know yeah. Quinn yours. That's it. Yeah.
0: Quinn yours. I mean, this is. Okay, so let's get right to it, Zay, because we got our man Lance Taylor coming on at 130. I've got a
1: chip shot on Brock Purdy that you will not want to miss. I'm just That's what you. I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm starting him in my fantasy league this week. Justin Herbert's on the bye, so we're starting Brock Purdy this week against the Cowboys, which is dangerous. But Kyle Shanahan
0: is either the greatest offensive coach in history or Brock Purdy has a horseshoe stuck so far up his ass. He's 9-0. Yeah. Do people realize this? Brock Purdy, Choke Purdy, when he was at Iowa State, Okay, I'm not going to give away my chip shot. Um, but I do love <laughs> i do love that Micah Parsons said something's got to give when he was talking about Brock Purdy. Something's got to give. So, it's
1: Micah, talking.
0: do it. I know. I know you don't like it.
1: I mean, you know I, I, I like it, but it's dangerous. It's dangerous. It's a lot I easier got, to stay you quiet. You got
0: to back yeah. it up. You got to back it up.
1: You got to back it up. You heard Sark talk about the little pep rally that they had on campus yesterday. Nobody said anything that would give the Sooners bulletin board material. You know, just by saying that to Brock Purdy, that's giving them bulletin board material, even though you might not think it is. Yeah, use anything as motivation. I say this on this show all the time. If you could use anything, hell, the greatest have made shit up. Michael Jordan used to make up all the time. Shaquille O'Neal, all those guys. We talked about Casey Hampton making up stuff so his teammates could play better. Like, yeah, you'll find anything to give you that extra juice. So why don't give it to other opponents if you? Don't That's what's
0: it. so funny, Zay, is that I was talking to a Texas team source the other day who said that Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat are like the modern day Casey Hampton and Sean Rogers. And Sean Rogers was the goofball, funny guy. Tavondre Sweat's the goofball, funny guy, but he can also pick up a house and throw it down on top of you. And Byron Murphy is the guy who's just pissed off at the world and wants to wreak havoc, kind of like Casey Hampton. And these dudes are playing like those dudes, man. I mean... I mean, this is a big game for them because no one's been able to run up the middle on Texas unless it's a broken play and a quarterback scramble or some nonsense, but um, okay, that's fine. We'll get to that. Brock Purdy game manager. All I know is he beat Dak Prescott in a playoff game and it still Royals my blood that Dak, let that happen. That's on
1: Dak. So that's yeah, a I mean, different conversation. Yeah. Trayvon Diggs, how about you hit George Kittle, hit the ball, something. He bobbled that thing for like 10 yards. Do, 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 do. Oh, I called it. Trayvon Diggs smoked the tackle. I know he's hurt right now, so it's kind of cold-blooded saying that. But I'll never forget that play. That play was the game. And Dak's interceptions, obviously. <laughs>
0: All right, what do we think of this for Quinn? Quince young.
1: <laughs> That's so bad. It's good. That is so oh, bad, Quincy. I get it, Quince. I'm, I don't know any brothers named Quince, but Quince. whatever, whatever. Jake, you got it, dog.
0: Quince you got Young, it, dog. I can tell Texas Rocks loves me. Yeah, was Jack playing defense. I, I, I,
1: hey, yo, Trayvon Diggs, that missed tackle, miss whatever deflection. He probably could have intercepted the ball if because George Kimmel was bobbling in it so much like that. I will never forget that play. There are certain plays that stick out that kind of make the game on big games like that. That one, Dallas Cowboy fans will always remember for the worst, and 49er fans will always remember for the better because that was a huge play. And Yeah, that defense, man. We'll, we'll talk about it. like Y'all getting us off topic and stuff. I we haven't well talked about that game. We, we got are off
0: topic. We got breaking news, breaking news. Okay. Steve Sarkeesian says that Jatavion Sanders is – good to go so this dude is apparently made of polyurethane which is a great trait to have Mm -hmm. if you're made of polyurethane your ankle can get twisted completely sideways and backwards and you're good to go I think Sark even said he's great and good to go now I don't know if Sark is I don't know what's going on Yo,
1: there's clips of of him at the uh, pep rally yesterday. No limp in that step. You don't see no OG pimp walk or anything because he's laboring that ankle. Nah, man. It's sounding good right now. You heard start today. Hey,
0: we got to get a raise for Tory Becton for making Quinn run fast, Arch run fast. No soft tissue cramping, whatever. And we got to get this training staff a raise, man. If they've been pumping blood, you know what they did? They probably took... Blood spun it, pumped it back in there. They're doing everything they can. Like they probably did some German medicine or some Euro medicine, stuff that's not even legal in this country to get that ankle right. (laughs) Because if Sark says he is good to go, let's go. That's huge. That's huge news for this Texas offense. You and I had Gabe Eichert on the show. Uh, He's going to be part of our best of show. At, from three to five today, and he said, Jatavion Sanders is a problem for this OU defense. They don't have anyone who can match up with him in their cheetah position, which is their nickel, corner, star, whatever everybody calls that position. I just call it the nickel corner because
1: yeah, easier.
0: we got to keep track of a cheetah and a star and a spur and all this stuff. But if Sanders is good to go, that's big. And even if he's just a decoy, that's
1: big. That's big. Yeah. Yeah, it's, big. Huge. It's, it's huge. It's huge. And, um, yeah, I, I'm i still a little worried about if he's 100% or not. You know, you could he's just – Yeah, he can't be. Like, no. he, he can't be. I mean, but, maybe
0: the, I mean, maybe some Euro medicine. I don't know. Spinning plasma.
1: Right right and uh, he's a mismatch no matter what I think him being out there at any percentage is you know better for this offense no matter what that just shows the kind of freak athlete that he is but now if you're Brent Venables that's another problem that you have to worry about because this is a guy who killed you last year and now there's way more weapons around him for the ball to be spread out to so yeah this I mean Texas has bulletin board material we've been talking about that like they really do it's not like everybody in national media is picking the horns in this game. A lot of people yeah. think that when they saw 5-0 and for OU and seeing how Dylan Gabriel's playing, like, those stats look crazy. If you haven't been following crazy attention to Oklahoma, then those stats could be kind of mind-blowing on what they're doing on defense and second in the nation and turnovers and in offense, what Dylan Gabriel's doing with almost 1,600 yards through the air and 15 touchdowns. So they, you know, they've seen Texas and stuff, and they think that since last year happened and 40, nine zero zero Obviously, Oklahoma is going to come with some extra motivation, but Texas has a lot to play for, too, and if that pressure doesn't become a factor for them, knowing that they're number three right now, knowing that some people say they should be the best team in the country and be put at number one, and you've got the college football playoff right in front of you, as long as that's not an issue and you could go out and make that just, this is another business trip-like mindset, then the well, horn should be fine, man. Here's,
0: here's my thing, Zay. This game... Like coaches say, I don't have to say a word this week. And Sark said practice was sharp. And I I reported in the Insider this morning, practice has been nails. Guys have been focused. Sark said, this is as good a week of practice as we've had. Okay. Well, then I'm not worried about that. And this is a team that hasn't flinched. Not 10-10, not down 16-13 to Alabama in Tuscaloosa in the fourth quarter. Not when Alabama cut it to 27-24 with 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter. This is a team that has been rock solid in its resolve because they've done it. OU hasn't done it yet. Now, you don't want Texas to be the first time that they do it and be like, okay, yeah, now we got this. Although, I do think there is a really good chance, a better than 50% chance, that we're going to see these teams play again in Arlington on December 3rd. And I don't know that we've ever, yes, no, have we ever seen a big 12 championship game where it's a sweep? No, because in 2018, Texas beat OU, and then they lost in the big 12 title game. K-State lost to TCU, then beat TCU. It's tough. It's tough to beat them twice in a row, but man, what a statement that would make. If you could yeah. beat, if you could beat them twice in a row, kind of like what Georgia has been doing. Well, Georgia never plays Alabama in the regular season. That's what's so crazy. But um yeah, I mean, this is, this is, I just don't think that this is a Texas team that's going to flinch. Like they got, we talked about, they got, they got, bleep in their neck, you know, cause they've been beaten down. They've been laughed at. They've been ridiculed. Now. I think they're getting better. That's what you wanted to see. They beat Alabama and they didn't show up hung over, you know, they're, they're still focused. They know what's on, you know, what's out there for them. And I think they're getting better. So I just, I mean, unless they turn it over and there's weird stuff. And look, there's weird stuff that happens. Weird stuff. I mean, I'm still amazed that Texas won the K-State game last year. When you think about Roshan Johnson fumbling, worthy fumbling. Guys who don't typically fumble were fumbling in that game. And that's why their second half was so bad. But they won. You know, that was the beginning of them showing some backbone on the road. They hadn't won anything on the road until they went to K state last year and got up 31 to 10 at halftime and Bijan's running wild. And, and even though they fumbled it twice in the second half, they hung on. So I just think that this Texas team is the team like in the early two thousands, when Oklahoma showed up in 2000 and Texas was like, Oh, and they got they're they got a steel-toed boot in their teeth. 63 to 14 and OU turned out to be the national championship team. Like that's the kind of swag I think Texas is developing. So I'll be stunned if they show up Saturday at 11 and they're sleepy or whatever and Oklahoma's the one that's got all the juice and they're the more I just I'd be be stunned. Now, look, there's a clunker coming. There's a clunker coming. Maybe it was Wyoming. I don't know, but there's a clunker coming. There's going to be a day where the defense isn't locked in, and they're giving up some big plays and missed tackle, and uh uh-oh, we're down 21-7 or some craziness. Maybe it's Saturday. I don't think so, but, I, I mean, I just think this defense is too good and I mean, I know the safety position is a little, uh, that's the only position on the Texas defense that makes me reach for the Tums, you know? Yeah. Cause they've gotten burned. And part of it was they didn't get a redirect on the kid from Kansas. He, you had to hit him coming off the line. Cause to give him the whole field against <laughs> Keaton Crawford's a little bit of a disadvantage, that kid could have gone either direction. And, Keaton's like, uh, what am I doing here? So, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I expect Blake Gideon to clean all that stuff up. You know, like that's kind of a place where you are a little worried at and it's not like Jaron Thompson hasn't been good. He has two interceptions that pick six against Wyoming. And so they've been able to make adjustments mid game and Michael Taft. I think he's been solid. We talk about Derek Williams, the fact that he was a freshman that got here in the summer. He wasn't an early enroll. He got here in the summer and he's out here being productive like that. You love that too. And I then think he, he could
0: play a lot Saturday. Oh, absolutely. As
1: absolutely. he's passed. Yeah. He's got the speed. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And Keaton Crawford, mm-hmm. he's solid too. But this is this is when Jaden Catalan makes his money. This is the week that Jaden Catalan shows why he was all A- SEC back when he was at Arkansas because he's been showing glimpses. It's just, you know, they've been saving him. They've been saving him due to the depth of all the players that I just named. Mm-hmm. So now this is the game that he should thrive in. Because it's a big-time game. He's been in big-time games his whole career. Even though he's been a little injured, I think that's very smart for this coaching staff to keep him fresh and not giving him all those snaps. The way that he played last week, he's, he's ready. I think he trusts his body now. I think he trusts the scheme that Pete Krakowski puts together so he could go out there and just play the way that he's supposed to, and that's make big-time hits and impact plays. So, yeah, I think 11's is going to have a huge game this week, whether that's maybe a forced fumble or a big-time interception or a big-time sack. Like, this is one of those Mike Huff-type games that Jalen Catalan could have. And, yeah, CB, I agree. He's an absolute missile just the way that he attacks every tackle you know you gotta be careful with him because sometimes you're like dude you're gonna kill yourself out here i know you and i chip we've compared them to a bob sanders well the worst part about bob sanders career it was short because he was always injured that's what you don't like defensive mvp but yeah defensive mvps were both champ coming out of iowa big time player yeah they have too much in common if you look at it that way but again just with all the other players that they're rotating i don't think the injuries are going to be a problem, knock on wood. Sark did say, even though JT Sanders should be available this game, Ryan Watts is going to be a game-time decision, so those corners, Gavin Holmes, Terrence Brooks, uh, Malik Muhammad, they're going to be locked in, too, and this wide receiver core for Oklahoma, they're good, man. They're good. That is the focal point for this team. That's what Jeff Levy, he wants to get the ball in those guys' hands, the Drape Stutes of the world, Uh, Anthony, Farouk, even those bench guys that come in like nick anderson a lot of his touchdowns came against tulsa but still he's has <laughs> has a lot of potential and he's a big guy so the secondary versus that wide receiver core for the suitors that's going to be a big time matchup in this. don't game.
0: forget about brennan thompson i mean he's their fastest yeah. receiver
1: yeah yeah we, we haven't even came
0: back from yeah. the ankle injury and he had a 54 yard catch against iowa state i mean uh, Dylan Gabriel he's accurate he you know I mean he he's like I gotta throw the ball a little earlier to Brendan Thompson because that dude's so fast the other guy to keep an eye on is this uh Jaden Gibson number one can't miss him um because that dude's averaging 26 and a half yards a catch he only has six catches but he's got two touchdowns and the Eric near the Nick Anderson kid, 27.9 yards for catch. So they're looking to get deep, man, and that's that's why the safety position is totally under the spotlight in this game and that's that's makes you nervous. They're, you know, I've gone back and forth about whether I think this is going to be a high scoring game or a middle scoring game or a low scoring game. Um but if if Dylan Gabriel's locked in, he's a he's a gangsta in this game. Then it could be a 2008. It could be a 45-35. I would be surprised because I think the Texas defense is better than that. But look, this is OU's Super Bowl, and they think all the pressure's on Texas because Texas is the number three ranked team. OU's the whatever pick third in the big 12 behind Texas and case state, you know, Venables six and seven. Is he cut out for the job? Does he blah, blah, blah. So I don't believe that. I, I just think these players know when they walk out of the tunnel in the cotton bowl, that it is war. And, and then it's about just making the plays, executing and, And I think Texas has shown they can handle that. And, you know, they they pistol whipped Baylor. They handle business against Alabama on the road. And this isn't this is a home and away game. It is. It's a home and away game at once. It's not it's not a road game that you got half the house. You're you know, it's crazy, though. It was interesting hearing the players talk about when they have to go into the OU half of the Cotton Bowl, that it's it's a trip. Like you cross the 50 and suddenly it's, you know, and you're like, damn, okay. You know, and then half the game you're trying to score in your burn orange end of the cotton bowl. And it's like, ah, you know, and it's crazy. I mean, it, yeah. there's nothing like this game. So, I mean, imagine you and the buoy bulldogs <laughs> taking on Westlake, where every time you cross mid court, it's or uh, yeah. Zay, we love you Zay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy yeah that must be a crazy feeling man that must be a crazy feeling that's why keeping your emotions in check is key in this game and the maturity of this Texas Longhorn team the leadership of this football team that should be able to get them this dub like Oklahoma yes they're 5-0 and but you said it earlier in the show Chip they haven't been tested you know Cincinnati okay Iowa State those fools lost to Ohio so who have y'all really beaten out here Tulsa come on now while the horns going up to brian denny beating bama you know even though baylor was a good team wyoming's solid like sark's right win the mountain west yo sark is right every team that they've played thus far probably will go maybe not baylor but the uh, four others probably will go to a bowl game they'll probably find six wins and get to a bowl game i don't think we could say that about oklahoma right now
0: hell somehow baylor came back from the dead against Central Florida last week. What was that 28 7? They came back.
1: Yeah. yeah. Huge comeback.
0: Holy leap. Yeah. So my Central Florida Knights are looking like they're looking too so- good. good.
1: They're slipping off into
0: the middle of the night. Uh,
1: Looking too good their first year in the Big 12. But um, back to Dylan Gabriel a little bit. You know, you mentioned him wanting to go deep. Like, he's very accurate on his deep ball. Like, very accurate. They don't do it much. He kind of likes to dink and dunk his way up the field. And those guys do a good job of getting open uh, for him, especially since they don't have a run game. They kind of do those short yardage games that kind of – Think about what you just said. What? won't have a run game. No. How the hell are they going to win this game? That's – they're going to try to dink and dunk and try yeah. to surprise Texas, man. And they get it out
0: fast, and it's tempo. Yeah. It's tempo, tempo, tempo.
1: Yeah, exactly. Levy, he wants to go fast, and then he wants to catch you off guard. And he probably doesn't want to allow this Texas team to rotate very often. If he keeps right. those guys on the field right. – that's what you want. You want to keep those guys on the out. field for as long as possible and wear them out, so you know they don't show their strengths and how deep they are for this long. And if season. they don't
0: sub, Texas can't sub.
1: Yeah, exactly. So that's that's going to be a key to this game. But I'm actually early, right?
0: Especially early. They'll yeah. they'll be subbing later, but yeah, that first drive.
1: design runs for Dylan Gabriel you'll see those design runs for him. Cause he's a little fleet of foot. Like he could run at different times and he's gotten a lot better at sliding this year, uh, you know, opposed to last year where he got hurt in that TCU game, which miss mean he missed that uh, Texas red river shootout game. But yeah, I <laughs> that run game for them. It's pretty weak right now. And Texas that run defense is very strong. So They definitely can't let that happen. And if OU has to play from behind, then Texas corners Jade Barron, those guys. I don't know if Ryan Watts being out, if he's out. I know he's a game-time decision. means that Sark's going to move Jade more, and he won't be in that nickel position as often. But either way, I trust whatever this defense does, and I think next-man-up mentality for Texas is a good thing. That's an interesting
0: point, Zay, because there were times where – Texas moved A to corner last year. Yeah. He can play – I mean, he's played safety this year. He's played nickel. He can play corner. Um, that'll be interesting. I mean, I think they feel good enough about Gavin Holmes and Malik Muhammad and Terrence Brooks that they can rotate those three to either side and leave Jade where he is because they need him near the line of scrimmage to take care of those bubble screens that OU likes to run. They run the same stuff that Texas does with Worthy. And Barron is the ultimate screen killer. He gets off blocks and he makes the tackle and it's big time
1: you wide receivers, they do block. I'll give them that. Those guys watching film on them in these last two games where Cincinnati and Iowa State on those bubble screens and stuff, they they do block. They're not afraid of contact. So, yeah, especially if their running game's not working, you better shed those guys and be able to make the tackle, or it could be a long day for this defense if they don't.
0: Look at this pimp. Look at this pimp. Oh. Look at this pimp. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Zay, I'm in the whip. I'm in the whip. I see you, baby. I see you, man. Where are you at?
2: Uh, I am just leaving the office. I got in one of these, uh, these meetings that went a little too long. I had planned on being stationary for you guys. I got to go let my dog out right now, and then I've got a. Uh, no, no,
0: that's boring. We need you driving around, risking your life, taking your girl to the Saks Fifth <laughs> Avenue. Yeah. It's an adventure. It's an uh, adventure. It's not
2: a- not that exciting, but uh, yeah, Thursdays are are, are pretty busy. Uh, it's pretty pretty hectic day for me, um, so I just uh, I gotta jump on when I can jump on. But I love talking football with you guys. Well, listen, you're the lock. You're Lance's lock. I've been
0: texting you more than I've ever texted you about your gut feel about Texas and Oklahoma, and uh, this is the biggest game. In this series, Lance, since 08 and 09, when Texas was actually a factor in the national um, championship scene. And that was also the last time they won back-to-back games against OU, if you can believe that. That tells you that they've been out in the desert. But what's your gut right now, lanceslock.com?
2: Okay. So first of all, we do a thing called four downs on the next round every day. And on Thursdays, it's a non-traditional four down. So it's not really sports related. It's just weird questions. And one of the questions today was, what is your kryptonite? Well, my kryptonite happens to be 11 a.m. games, picking them on Saturday. For whatever reason, I can't pick them. With that said, Texas to me is still a much better team. Dylan Gabriel's got a ton of experience, 110 career touchdowns, uh, which is second most behind Sam Hartman. Uh, their offense is scoring a ton of points. San's the Cincinnati game, and their defense is playing lights out. I just don't think they've really been tested. I think personnel-wise, Texas is the much better team. Um, I think more is at stake for Texas. I don't think there was a huge expectation in year two for Brent Bittables. I think he's already showed uh, showed from six and seven to where they need to be improvement-wise. For Texas, and I said this before the season, Chip, and I think I said it to you, Texas fans expect not only to win the Big 12, but to go to a college football playoff this year in year three under Stark, and I think this is the game. If you get over the hump, you know you're going to be favored in every game moving forward, And with the win over Alabama, dependent upon what Alabama does moving forward, I think Texas can afford a loss, win the Big 12 championship, and be a 12-1 and Big 12 champion and get in college football playoff. So I think this takes a little pressure off of Texas if they're able to win this game. So I think it's a much bigger game for Texas. Oklahoma fans would disagree. I think Texas is the better team. You're getting it under a touchdown right now. Um, A lot of people believe it's kind of a coin flip game, but I, I would play Texas in this spot right now. So
1: that's interesting that you say that, Lance, because I've been on that you know, track of I don't know how big the Big 12 team, if they lose a game, anybody in the Big 12, whoever wins it, could get to a CFP. Just yeah, because, I was going to say you're Pac-12, Lance. Yeah, Pac-12, Big Ten, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, SEC, that a team's going to make it out of there. Like, do you really think with what we've seen from Tech, Baylor, TCU, UCF, Cincinnati, Iowa State, that the winner of the Big 12, if they lose a game, can still make it to the CFP?
2: I do, I do say, and, you know, you got to throw the ACC in there now because, you know, we know where Florida State is. I think Miami is really, really good. You know, they've been laying in the weeds after that A&M win. Uh, North Carolina, you know, Tez Walker's coming back. That's a team that is yet to lose a game. Um, So I think there's some interesting things going on in the ACC as well. But I think with that Texas brand, with the win at Alabama, and you can make an argument, at least to this point, that is the biggest win in college football. And uh, yeah, I think Texas with one loss gets in. I really do. I don't know if there's going to be a Pac-12 team that comes out with one loss. I think there's two too many balanced teams at the top. You know, from Washington to Oregon to USC to Oregon State to Utah once Cam Rising comes back to Washington State, just a lot of good teams. So I see a ten and two, uh, a couple of ten and twos playing for the uh, Pac-12 championship.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. Obviously, it is a. First, uh, second, I'll just say, okay, what stands out to you about Oklahoma before we leave the Red River shootout,
2: Lance? You look around and outside of Dylan Gabriel, I don't know anybody skill-wise that is jumped. You know, I don't see um, a Samaje Pirine. I don't see a, um, a C.D. Lamb. Um, you know, I know Dylan Gabriel is really good. So I don't know how good their offense really is. I think they're averaging 45 points per game but 47. 47 points per game, which is, what, which six? Is a lot in the State and Tulsa. Yeah, exactly. And against Cincinnati, they scored 20. Again, their defense is good, but they're playing a Texas defense, and we've got an NIL deal with Tyler Booker, one of the starting offensive linemen for Alabama, and I might have mentioned this to you guys after the game. He said, dude, what makes Texas so good on that defensive front is it doesn't matter. Any of the eight guys that are rotating, they're all animals. And so this is going to be by far – the best defense that Oklahoma has seen. And if Cincinnati can hold them to 20, you know, I'm not going to be surprised if this is a game. And I know two years ago, it was just an unbelievable back and forth. And Texas had the big lead and Caleb Williams comes in and saves the day. And then last, it was just complete ass whipping from Texas. But I wouldn't be surprised if this is like a 31 to 14, Texas win. I could see it playing low because I do think Oklahoma's defense is pretty good, but they hadn't seen anything like this. Texas defense, Texas defense is legit. Yeah. What about in
1: College Station, Lance? Nick Saban Uh-oh. there. Nick Saban versus Jimbo.
3: That's always <laughs> a good one.
1: Apparently, Jalen Milrow might be dealing with a hamstring injury. I don't know, but the backup for A&M, Max Johnson, you looked pretty good last week. The old Southpaw. What do you think is going to happen in this game? How's it going to play out?
2: Well, I go back two weeks ago and I had Texas A&M against Auburn, and when Wegman went out, I was like, "Oh shit." I was like, here we go, and then Max Johnson came in. I thought he played great, and then I was worried about Max Johnson knowing that he was going to be the starting quarterback going into Arkansas. I look, and he did turn it over three times, two fumbles and a pick. Um, he's going to be playing the best defense he's seen. I mean, this Alabama defense is legitimate. You take away that fourth quarter where they give up 21 points to Texas, they have played lights out, but Texas AM and 15 tackles for loss in their last two games alone. 30 tackles for losses in the last two games. Going against an Alabama offensive line that gives up a ton of sacks. Um, I think Alabama's got problems here. You mentioned Milrow. Just started to hear about this injury yesterday. I don't know if it's legitimate or not. I've reached out to a couple of my guys. They can't confirm or deny. You look at what the number's done in Vegas. It opened in a lot of shops at four and a half. It's all the way down to one and a half. The totals dropped from 50 and a half to 46 and a half before all of the line movement. I like Texas a and in this spot. Nick Saban has obviously got the advantage uh, coaching in the headset. Um, quarterback, throw it up, toss it up. Who knows? I think Alabama's defense overall is probably a little better. You got to factor in Kyle Field. Which quarterback makes less mistakes will ultimately be the team that wins this game. And I am going to say that A&M gives Alabama their second loss in the first week oh. of October. Oh, God. Man. Okay, then this, yeah. is, this makes me think that we
0: could be in for a – Freak out Saturday, because oh yeah, I think Jimbo threatened DJ Durkin's job. I swear, like DJ Durkin is the most underachieving defensive coordinator, and that game against Miami, I think Jimbo went into his office and said, "I'm about to fire your ass." So if yeah, you don't
3: get turned around. I
2: don't. Disagree, man. You know, they had a 10 point lead in that game. And the one thing they didn't do and Tyler Van Dyke was clean the entire game. They blitz 33 percent of the time. And since then, they've been blitzing 66 percent of the time and they're, they're getting to the quarterback. They're getting these tackles for losses. Um, Tyler Van Dyke is a I think a really good borderline outstanding quarterback, especially, you know, four consecutive games, a 70 percent uh, completion percentage. Um, and I think he's a guy that will start one day in the NFL. Um, but you got to get pressure on that guy, and I don't disagree. I could see uh I could see uh Jimbo Fisher say, Look, we finally got this offense right. You know, defense has never you been got a problem. All the talent we in get the all dis- world oh, on that defense. Yeah. Look, and we had somebody say it yesterday, hey man, these guys are making a lot of money, they need to go out and play like it, and that's fact.
0: That is fact. Yeah. That is fact. Okay, so what what does that say about Alabama, Lance? Like, where
2: where are you on Alabama right now? I am that Alabama is really good. I don't think they're elite. I think they do have an elite defense. Um, I, I, I think Jalen, Jalen Milrow is getting better. But if he does have a tweaked hamstring, he still has the propensity to turn the football over. And this is going to be a, you know, he got the one start against a last year and he wasn't good. Um, this will be by far the most intimidating crowd that he has ever played in front of. And and, and not only is it Alabama season, so to speak, because they lose this game, they're pretty much done, but A&M always has this game circled. And I think A&M fans are very optimistic going in. Um, They believe they can beat Alabama. They know where that point spread is. The last time they played on this field, they beat Alabama. And there's going to be so much emotion going into it. I think the crowd is going to be Insane, and Texas A and M in all five games this year has scored on their first two possessions, and I think that is really important. We used to see these Alabama explosive offenses; they were up seven nothing, you know, twenty four seconds into the game. It was crazy, and that's just not the Alabama offense anymore. If Alabama gets down early, that crowd will continue to feed, and I think it could be a long day for Alabama. I think I'm in the minority. Uh, Public's all over Alabama; it's still the Alabama brand. I don't love Jimbo Fisher. But I think Texas A&M is in a really, really good spot here.
1: How about LSU at Missouri, Lance? You know, three and two right now, those Tigers. And I don't know what the word is on Brian Kelly and that squad, but I feel like going to the SEC championship game last year, they had more optimism than where they are now. They probably didn't think Missouri would be this good going into this game. Well, how do you think that one's going to play?
2: Well, you know, Missouri 5-0 for the first time since 2014 when they played Alabama in the SEC championship game. Um, I would have literally bet my ball sack that if you had 3-2 and two <laughs> against 5-0 and o in this spot, 3-2 and two was going to be Missouri and 5-0 and o was going to be LSU. And I came across this number today. Brady Cook, and I forgot exactly how many because I am in the whip right now, so I can't, like, confirm it. But I think it's like 264 consecutive passes or 334 consecutive passes without a pick It's the longest streak in SEC history, and this is Brady Cook, a Missouri quarterback, and he's got maybe the best receiver in all of college football in Luther Burden III. This is the game, last time we saw it in Missouri, it came down to a final play. Uh, I think Missouri is not nearly as talented, but LSU's defense has been awful, giving up 31 points per game. I hear there's a little dissension in that locker room, and I think more so it's Jaden Daniels in that offense. Offense saying we're doing our job, what the hell are y'all doing on the other side of the ball? Um, this game could be interesting. Again, LSU much more talented, but Missouri is playing above because I think they're playing with a lot of confidence. Yeah. All right. So, what? Uh, I'll,
0: we'll stay in the uh, we'll stay in the SEC. Arkansas at Ole Miss. I heard you all talking on the next round. About who you thinks on the hot seat, I agreed with you. I thought, I thought your cohorts were a little rough on my man Sam Pittman. But is Ole Miss still drunk off of the win over LSU as a
2: 14 point favorite against the Hogs? I would say so. And KJ Jefferson, you know, Rocket Sanders is finally getting a little healthier. Uh, But K.J. Jefferson, the last two meetings against Ole Miss has gone off. Nine total touchdowns. He'll play with confidence. That Ole Miss defense, you saw it last week, they're going to give up a lot of points. I did think Ole Miss physically beaten down in the second half in Tuscaloosa to Alabama. I thought that they would limp into this game and LSU would ultimately win. Turns into a track meet. Uh, I've just got a feeling Arkansas keeps this one a lot closer. Uh, I think Ole Miss wins the game, but go back two years ago, the last time this game, um, the last time we saw – the game in in oxford it took that final i think two point conversion to win this game i think we're going to see another high scoring game by the way the sec is becoming the old big 12 but i think arkansas keeps it close
1: yeah with you saying that do you buy what kirby smart said on every sec team should be ranked and it's not getting the respect they deserve i
2: don't buy that we know vanderbilt shouldn't be (laughs) um I don't think Florida should be after that ass-whipping last week to Kentucky. I mean, the SEC's got good teams. I don't know if they have any great teams. I mean, I was at the Auburn game last week, and Georgia, for the second consecutive conference game, has trailed by double digits. You know, Georgia can't do that against Kentucky. They will do their best to focus on Ray Davis and slowing down the SEC's leading rusher, but this might be an opportunity for Liam Cohen, the offensive coordinator, open things up, and you've got three quality receivers – You've got a quarterback in Devin Leary who was so good, the ACC player of the year, offense player of the year two years ago. This might be what they've been saving him up for. I wish this game was in Lexington because I think it could really get interesting. They've won 13 straight against Kentucky. I think they probably find a way to win, but this could be a tighter game than most people expect.
0: Yeah, Georgia favored by 14 and a half. They don't have anyone who can catch the football outside of Brock
2: Bowers, apparently. Um, I, I got to start. I mean, Watching him in person last week. Uh, That's the third time I've seen the guy in person. And you don't, he, you know, we talk about matchup nightmares and the ultimate mismatch. He is that guy. There is nobody in college football that can cover him. And Carson Beck, I'll give him a little credit, calmed down last week. They turned the football over a couple of times and the rush defense wasn't good. But Brock Bowers bailed them out of that game. Without 19, they lose that game. And that guy is that good. Yeah. What about uh, Notre Dame at Louisville?
0: Notre Dame, third straight tough game in a row. Notre Dame's a six
2: and a half point favorite. Louisville's undefeated. Thoughts? You know, Estime, Audrick Estime has done such a good job of taking pressure off of Sam Hartman, leads the FBS right now in rushing. Uh, Louisville really hasn't played anybody. Look, they got a three-point win on the road against a team that just benched their quarterback. Um, You know, NC State's just not that good, Louisville has been the – they've had the benefit of not a difficult schedule. Now they've got Notre Dame. But you mentioned two really emotional games. Notre Dame losing on that last second and then bouncing back. And I still don't know how in the hell – I gave out Duke plus five and a half. We had Sam Hartman in a fourth and 16, and he scrambles for 17 and then estimate breaks it to not only break my back, to cover for the Irish. Um, Notre Dame's a better team. Will they get away with a win here? I don't know. I think it will be a pretty good game. I wouldn't play this one. Um, If I had to play it, I think I might play Louisville plus the points just because they're getting Notre Dame in a prime spot.
1: Yeah. Anything else for us for a college football standpoint, Lance? Anything about, that we missed? Yeah, what about Michigan what? at
2: Minnesota? Is that line too steep, Minnesota plus 19 and a half? I don't think so. Everybody's talking about Michigan hasn't been challenged. They have beaten two four and 4-1 teams, and obviously those 4-1 and one teams, the only loss was to Michigan, UNLV and Rutgers. Not great teams, but – Michigan has scored 30-plus in all five games. They've given up seven or less in all five games. And in today's college football, if you can go on a five-game stretch to open the season giving up seven or less points in every game, that is a dominant defense. It will transfer and translate in Minneapolis. I don't see how P.J. Fleck, that offense, is able to manufacture any points. I think Michigan is going to be just fine. Okay. I was going to give you guys an NFL play, though. No, let's go. Yeah, let's go san francisco Woo! Oh, i hate to say this i'm a rams fan huge rams fan i like my team by the way at two and two we gave san fran all they wanted losing by seven earlier this season san francisco best roster in football best team in football but not this sunday night i like the dallas cowboys plus three and a half oh yeah okay. i think dallas wins it with defense i think it's a fun defensive battle um, Brock Purdy has done everything that's been asked of him. I think San Francisco's got a very underrated offense, but I think Dak Press got a lot of pressure on him. Bad, bad game in the postseason against San Francisco last year, but I think Dak shows out uh, when he needs to. I don't think there's going to be gaudy numbers on the other side, but I, I like Dallas to actually beat San Francisco on Sunday. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Restore some order in that series. Yeah. What about your yeah, Rams? Yeah.
0: They got these Eagles. Uh, the Eagles – look up and down but they yeah
2: the the eagles i think 20 and 1 now jalen hurts as the starting quarterback in the regular season uh interesting matchup dan orlowski from espn comes on you know former quarterback and you know i I threw him my obligatory rams question just because i got to hear about my boys and he said i think this is a really bad matchup He was like, the way the Rams' bunch receivers, uh, Philadelphia's defense is the worst against bunch receivers. They're the worst against motion. That's all Sean McVay does. Puka Nakua has been incredible. Tutu Atwell has been a nice compliment. They are getting Cooper Cup back next week. Can't wait to see this offense with that. But Stafford, he's turned it over five times. Three of those picks, not his fault. He's playing really good football. I think it's a prime spot in SoFi, getting four and a half, for the Rams to hand the Eagles their first loss. So, correct me if I'm wrong, there's only two undefeated right now in football Eagles, 49ers both go down this weekend.
1: Boom. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. What? Oh, go ahead, Zay. Are you buying the Baltimore Ravens? I know they lost that tough one against Indianapolis a couple of weeks
2: ago. I am.
1: I like what Lamar Jackson is doing this year.
2: Yeah, I said before the season I thought it was going to be Ravens and Eagles in the Super Bowl. I'd probably revise that a little bit. But I think Baltimore, under Todd Munkin's offense, is, is kind of finding their way. And I think it's going to take them a little bit. But once they establish that run game again, Zay Flowers, uh, Odell Beckham, uh, there there is going to be – This offense is going to get rolling under Lamar Jackson. So I think Baltimore, when I look at that division right now, Nick Chubb is just a catastrophic injury. Um, Pittsburgh, you know, they just, that offensive line is just terrible. Joe Burrow doesn't look like he's going to be healthy this year. I think Baltimore might end up running away with this division.
0: What is going on with the Steelers, man? They got lit up by the
2: Texans. Yeah. And they've always, I mean, the one thing you could rely on with the Steelers is good defense, good offensive line, and they've got a good defense but their offensive line is so shitty and nobody, I mean, I've got one of my co-hosts is like Kenny Pickett's awful. He's awful. He's awful. And I'm like, I I really don't know. I don't think he is, but we're not going to know with this offensive line. Yeah. Well, what about baseball Lance? Do you have any overarching (laughs) thoughts? Yes, I do. I do. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I'm in Braves country here. I used to drive over to the old Fulton County to watch my Dodgers when they were back in the NL West. And I don't really have a high expectation for my Dodgers. I'm not saying this just to hope this. I really believe Philadelphia right now is going to beat the Braves in this NLDS. You're catching 135, I think, is the price. The Braves are minus 155. I think you're getting a little value with the Phillies here. And Zach Wheeler's been great. Aaron Nola didn't look good in the regular season. Aaron Nola postseason showed up yesterday. They got some big bats right now. And the Braves starting pitching, the guys that are experienced in the postseason are a little banged up. You know, Bryce Elder has never pitched in the postseason. Spencer Strider has pitched one one uh, appearance last year in the postseason and got completely shelled. So I think pitching as good as the Braves' offense is could be a problem against this Phillies team. I like the Phillies to win this series. Okay. You, you got a world Series. what about the American league? I don't know. I hate the Astros. I'm going to be a little biased. (laughs) I do. They stole a world series from us in seven games. One of the greatest world series ever. And then you find out they were cheating on the backside of it. Uh, I know the Astros, they were like, okay, let's wake up and let's play baseball the last two weeks of the season. Let's win this division. And they did it on the final day. I hate them. They got the shortest odds to win the world series right now behind the Braves. Um, I'm just hoping they go down. I've got a bad feeling. I like Baltimore. I don't know if they get enough respect, but the Rangers are rolling right now. That Rangers offense is tough to stop. Um, I could see the Rangers take down Baltimore. We've got an all-Texas ALCS in Texas and Houston. Hopefully Texas wins that. I'll go right now just off the cuff, and you're going to have to let me revisit this next week, but I'll go Texas-Philadelphia World Series. Okay. Uh, Rangers fans will take that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Rangers fans will take that. All right. Any uh, any other interesting nuggets from uh,
2: lanceslock.com? dot com? Oh, uh, we're gonna win for you. It's simple as that, we had an oh. unbelievable shit-the-bed moment last night with Middle Tennessee State. They're up 23-7. to seven. I've never seen anything like that. Uh, Jacksonville State, you know, right down the road from us here in Birmingham. Uh, they came on fire in the second half, but that was a gut-wrenching loss for me. But we bounced back tonight. We try to be transparent. We've got three plays up for you right now, Lance's Lock.com. It's only 100 bucks a month. Jump on board and win with us. All right, buddy. What about tonight's game? I know it's uh, just a
1: shit show, but tonight's it game, is. Commanders, it Bears. Is.
2: Well, I, I played the total on this, and it's up at lanceslog.com, so I got a good feel on the total. Uh, I wanted to play the Bears, but I swore them off two weeks ago. Justin Fields looked pretty good, although they ended up losing the game last week. Um, Commanders have been a little bit of a surprise. Sam Howell's gritty. That defensive line's one of the best in football. Uh, I stayed away from the side, though. I don't even want to watch this game tonight. I know. I know. All right, Lance, you're the
0: man. This is going to be a wacky weekend in football, I have a feeling.
2: But Yeah, uh, you guys enjoy the State Fair. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to mixing a little uh, Redmont vodka, uh, Bloody Mary on Saturday morning, getting up, getting ready for that great 11 o'clock game. So excited about that. And I'll be pulling for your horns. You need to come to this game. I know. We've said this every year. You finally came our way. Uh, I need to do it. I will do it. Yeah. yeah. Let's plan that for next year. Sounds good, boys. Uh, we'll talk to you All guys right, next week. Have a great weekend. There Appreciate it, Lance. Lance Taylor, the
0: Lance Taylor on social media. Lance'slock.com for the picks. Wow, lots to, to chew on there, Zay. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's got A&M
1: beating Bama. Yo, man. If Jalen Milrow is hobbling around, for one, a guy that likes to run and has a hamstring injury, possibly, Vance didn't confirm or deny it, but it's not sounding good. If you have to go to those two backups, Ty Simpson or Ty Buckner, I don't know whichever one is number two right now, not good because we know that's a talented roster that Jimbo Fisher has up there in College Station and – Mm. yeah you don't want to go up there with no quarterback possibly
0: i swear to god i think jimbo threatened dj durkin's job
1: hell
0: because oh yeah because that defense has totally turned it around since that just throwing up on themselves at miami and i and i i agree i think miami's better than people think but that was that was a i mean it looked like they didn't have a game plan they didn't pressure Tyler Van Dyke at all now they're they got they're leading the nation in tackles for loss the last two weeks they're getting pressure I mean they're talented that's the thing they should have shown up much bigger than they did against Miami and then now you've got them playing like the Ravens of 2000 so I don't doubt for a second that Jimbo said listen dude you got all the talent and the money can buy and they're playing like they're on their, you know, spring break. Let's go. And yeah. you know how I feel about DJ Dirk. And I think he is. Oh, fools like gold. <laughs> fools gold, but um, man, if AM beats Alabama, uh, well, it just adds to the intrigue. It just adds to the, the longhorn Aggie, you know, yeah, back and forth, trash talk, and yeah. Bama turns into the Wicked Witch of the West with water thrown on her when they go to college station. I mean, who was it? Um, the Calzone, who, who was that quarterback that beat him the last time? Oh, that Italian remember. sounds like an Italian yeah, zone. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty close. Alfredo. Uh, <laughs> what was that a and quarterback's name? Calderon? I don't know. But that that was crazy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know.
1: Yeah, oh. know. oh, Lord. Better bring your lunchbox and your hard hat, Nick Saban, because you've got to go to work. It's That's a different environment, and they haven't played there, played well there, you know, a lot. So I get it. It's Bama, but... Yeah, Lance is right. This is the year to get them. This is the year to get them because of that. Yeah. Offense. And, you know, just Tommy Reese and Jalen Milrow trying to get adjusted to one another. If he yeah. plays.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what you need to get. You need to get some of this incredible furniture from great blue heron furniture. Um, listen, this is the best looking, the best built. And we're talking like rustic farmhouse, uh, beautiful leather furniture that guys, if you're looking to surprise her with that great gift for the anniversary or a birthday, you really want to blow things out of the water, then click that link right there uh, and it'll take you to the Texas sports unfiltered collection and use the promo code hook'em and see what i'm talking about because this is the best of the best this is how you dress up your your living area your you know you got room for bedroom furniture great blue heron furniture just click that link right below take you to the texas sports unfiltered collection use the promo code Hookem, and man you will win Valentine's day, whatever you're thinking ahead, think ahead guys and gals, you know what I'm saying? Um, but uh, great blue Heron furniture. It's a great uh, teammate of ours here at Texas sports unfiltered. And, uh, and don't forget about uh, my friends over at Olipop. I am all in on Olipop. I mean, I'm drink. I've tried them all. I love them all. Cream soda is my favorite, but I'm addicted to carbonation. I mean, people laugh at me because I'm always carrying around these LaCroix, but now I'm starting to replace my lacroix with my Olipops because I get nine grams of fiber. I'm old, Zay. I need fiber. I'm trying <laughs> to go. trying to stay in the game. And um, yeah, love all of our, our partners here. Uh, relax the back. Woods, I need to call Woods right after the show. Yeah. Get this, get this party started. And I was at 7-11 getting my Powerball and Mega Millions tickets yesterday, and guess what, Zay? I won $4. I got the po- I got the Powerball right. There you go. I just got that one number. That's all you have to do to get 4 bucks. Yeah. That allows me to go buy two more tickets, you know what I'm saying? But I always <laughs> buy it at 7-11, Ashish and the gang, love them. Got to get my Slurpee and my Mega Millions and Powerball tickets. Always at Seven Eleven. And if you want to go to the Texas OU game, you better call Sentex Tickets Help me. T- baby. T- send text tickets. It's gonna. It's gonna cost you. Oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Oh my
0: God, Zay. I got. I mean, my boss. Uh, I love my boss. Like I love my boss over at Horns twenty four seven. But he was like. Uh, I'd love to buy two face value tickets. I'm like, dude, have you been on Centex? Like, if, do you understand? Oh, mm. It's going to be a premium. Ain't nobody yeah. selling for face value unless you know someone really rich who just had two friends cancel on their private jet. So, come on. Yeah. You're going to have to spend a little bit for this game, but that's okay.
1: Next or year. Somebody on the super bootleg. You know, yeah. real right. bootleg, but be careful that that thing might be fake. I might say Texas State versus Oklahoma State or something. <laughs> you don't want them, so yeah, be careful because there's some people out here that are very sketchy that are scamming folks. That's so. why
0: you got to go to Centex Tickets because you're always going to have real tickets, you're not going to get swindled by some huckster, yeah. Um, and Hey, for you folks, I'm I'm getting ready to make my appointment with Doctor Eckert, Doctor U, because uh, I need a, a little dental checkup. Um, and whether you need just general dentistry or um, advanced dentistry, sports dentistry, Doctor U has got you covered. How about going to a dentist you like, a, a dentist you actually look forward to seeing, instead of just picturing all those you know, little silver instruments in your teeth. Um, That's what Dr. U is all about. Just make an appointment by calling 512-345-3166 or check him out online at doctor dot com. Your Austin dentist. And of course, don't forget, he also doing great things with Brain Vaults, the patented mouth guard proven to reduce the uh, impact of possible concussion. Uh, Just go to brainvault.com for a fitting. If you've got a a kid in athletics, uh, brainvault.com. Zay, when you went to the State Fair of Texas last year, what was your food of choice? What did you eat that you were like, you know what? I'd get that again because some of this stuff, like one year they had fried Snickers, it was pretty good. Yeah, I mean the funnel cake is always kind of can't miss. The fried Snickers, I it was like I don't know, ten years ago. But did you have anything that you
1: were like, oh my? Um, probably the fried Oreos. Okay. Yeah, I get to have some ice cream. That was a, yeah, that was a go-to. That's what. If I was going this year, I'd definitely have to get that. To be honest, I know a lot of people are going to look at me sideways for saying this, but the Fletcher Corn Dog is a little overrated to me. I get it. It's a must-get. I understand that. I don't know if I didn't get the right mustard. I just kept it OG with the normal yellow. But, yeah, man, I don't know if I got it at the wrong booth, if I got it at the wrong time. I don't know. But I go to Sonic right down the street and get a better corn dog than that. I'm just saying all the stuff I've heard about Fletcher's corn dogs, and they sell different corn dogs at the state fair too. You don't have yeah. to just get Fletcher's. That's just the ones that are most common and they have booths set up everywhere throughout it. But well, yeah.
0: The breading is, is sweet. I mean, it's almost like, you know, like that kind of sweet cornbread. Yeah. It's, I mean, I like it, but. I'll tell you what the best thing is the best thing I've ever had at State Fair of Texas is the funnel cake double bacon queso burger.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: It was so good.
1: Wow. I bought it.
0: I bought it from the food court inside, the food court inside. It's not out on the Midway, it's in that food court inside. Look for the funnel cake
1: double bacon queso burger. Wow. I can feel my foot twitching right now. Like it's going to be cut off. If I ate that thing due to diabetes, that sounds ridiculous. Oh, it's (laughs) you're like, Oh,
0: I can't eat it all. And you're like, it's so good. Yeah. But get ready to take a nap.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Like the itis. I'll creep up on you real smooth. Okay.
0: I can't believe you didn't remember this guy's name, Zay.
1: No, I don't care about no Texas A&M quarterback. Hey, but I
0: said Calzone. I was pretty close. Calzone. Really? Yeah. Like yeah, no one's ever heard of this guy again. He he was like and <laughs> he like he was like a one-hit wonder. He's like that, you know, the outfield or whatever. Pick your favorite one-hit wonder song because he's gone. He beat Alabama. He's gone. Mmm.
1: Yeah, he did his job. That
0: guy King. All these quarterbacks that go to a and and they get all this hype. And I like Connor Wegman. I'm not going to lie. I like you know, I like Max Johnson. Sorry. All, right. all right. We're going to talk to Stretch, Glenn Smith, former Cowboys offensive assistant. But let me give you my chip shot right now, say. And we'll get to the right call after Stretch. And We might have to do our picks today because tomorrow. Yeah.
1: What's gonna- the deal tomorrow? I don't even know what's going on.
0: Okay, I don't either. Uh, well, but I told BK. I told BK that I needed to do the roundtable because I got to get to Dallas. Right, and and I I can't check into my hotel allegedly until after <laughs> one o'clock. I'm like, come on, people, you're a holiday. Yeah. And ex- Rest for God's sake. Like,
1: I gotta clean the room from all the filth from the night before. You don't want no nasty ass room. It's on
0: Harry Hines. So, I might be getting a room where the hookahs were just (laughs) doing their thing.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Might be at the sticky sheets.
1: Oh, stop it. All right. right, Sorry. Anyway,
0: uh, here's the chip shot, which needs a sponsor, by the way. So, I'll work on that. Um, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, to me, this every time. Look, I'm I'm not not a hater. I'm not a hater. Brock Purdy, fine college quarterback, smart, helped Iowa State to the most successful season in Iowa State history, 2020, then went to the Big 12 championship game. Once he got to the Big 12 championship game, once he got to the Big 12 championship game, it was – doo-doo one touchdown three interceptions when it matters most and i'm saying this and i know he beat the cowboys in the playoffs last year you go back through his whole iowa state career every big game they played he was a no-show when they played texas in 2018 he was 10 of 23 43 percent no touchdowns one interception when they lost to Washington State in the bowl game, no touchdowns, two interceptions. When they lost to Iowa, he was well, one touchdown, um, no interceptions, but against um Kansas State in 2019, 15 of 30 passing, 50 percent. Um, in the loss to Notre Dame in the in the bowl game, 17 of 30, 56 percent. When they lost to Louisiana in the opener in 2020, 16 of 35, 45 percent, one interception, no touchdowns. Like The guy was hot or cold, and every time you needed him big, like in 2020 when they played Oklahoma for the Big 12 championship, one touchdown, three interceptions, I mean – I'm just amazed. Like either Kyle Shanahan is the best offensive coach ever and has turned a middling college quarterback into the best game managing quarterback in the NFL, but say he's nine and O is a starter. They've gotten rid of everybody because of him. They dumped Trey Lance after trading the world for, Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo's in Vegas, like Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant has totally flipped the script. And Kyle Shanahan knows offensive talent. There is no doubt. And he decided this guy is the guy who's going to take us to the Super Bowl because San Francisco is Super Bowl ready. They got Dudes, their defense is legit. They've got, you know, Debo. They got dudes. They got Kittle. They're ready. They're ready to win now. And Brock Purdy. Now, Micah Parsons says something's gotta give. Something's gotta give. I kind of like that because I do see Micah Parsons like ragdolling Purdy this this week. And it's about time. And unfortunately, or, or let's let's say, fortunately, this is another opportunity for Dak Prescott to show that he can get it done. Because remember, Dak is a rookie going to San Francisco and getting it done. Dak running, doing whatever he had to do to get it done. How about that, Dak? But our man Lance Taylor says Cowboys 49ers. Cowboys plus three and a half. He likes the Cowboys to win outright. Yeah, This is part of the reason this thing, this weekend shaping up as a freaky upset Saturday thing. I don't want to go there because Texas is a six and a half point favorite. We don't need any upset Saturday this weekend, but if you're going to, okay, let's, let's play the devil's advocate here. Zay as I completely stray off of my, Brock Purdy chip shot. I'm I'm amazed. Kudos to you, Brock Purdy. You're Mr. Irrelevant. Now you're the you're the franchise quarterback of the best team in football. I don't trust you. I don't trust you as far as I can throw you, but prove me wrong, because it what a great story. You'd be Tom Brady Jr., Tom Brady 2.0, Mr. Deep in the Draft rising up to win a super bowl. I'll believe it when I see it, but I like, I just can't, I still can't believe I'm like, oh, the Cowboys are going to beat the 49ers because they're playing with Brock Purdy for God's sake. Every time I watched Brock Purdy in a big game at Iowa state, he coughed up a hairball, but nine to no. Yeah. Can't, can't deny that.
1: Yeah, and I think a big help to Brock Purdy's success was the 49ers last year going out and making the midseason trade for the best running back in the NFL and Christian McCaffrey. Like, no that dude, just the fact that he could do so many different things, you can line him up as a wide receiver. Obviously, you could hand the ball off to him. He could go in between the tackles. He could go on the outside as good as anyone. And if he stays healthy, then look out. So, Brock Purdy, you know, it's not like he's going out and having having to win you games like a lot of these quarterbacks in the National Football League have to do he could be a game manager like somebody said on our comments section he could be that because they have so much talent around him you mentioned Debo Samuel what he brings to the table like that dude his body ridiculous man it's so hard to take that dude down because he's so swole and he's built kind of like a running back but he runs routes like a receiver which he is and he's just a matchup problem especially when you see him in the backfield and you see Christian McCaffrey on the outside it's just kind of discombobulating if you're a defensive coordinator so Dan Quinn who did a really good job in the playoffs like against this squad last year if it wasn't for Trayvon Diggs absolutely smoking that hit or non-deflection on George Kittle, then that might have been a different game. But yeah, again, George Kittle, one of the best in the league. Brandon Ayuk, he's coming along at one of the best number two wide receivers in the league. They put Kyle Juszczyk, the fullback, they put him everywhere. And he's always a pro bowler. The dude might go to Canton. I know it's weird to put a fullback in the Hall of Fame at this and what we see in the NFL. And they're basically extinct. But he's in the pro bowl every year. He's always like first team all pro and stuff. So they'll give him the ball every once in a while. He's a great blocker. And in that Kyle Shanahan offense, they just utilize him so well to go along with everything else. So Brock Purdy, all he has to do is not turn the ball over and make a couple of big time throws a game where other guys might have to make 10 or so. So yeah, it's, it's it's you can see why he's nine and zero. He's not doing too much. He's not playing, you know, above himself. He's just taking what the defense gives him and giving it to those guys who are serious weapons around him and letting them do a lot of the work. And you see why San Francisco is one of the best teams in the uh, in the league. Not only because of their offense, but their defense has stars: Greenlaw, Fred Warner, Nick. Bosa, one of the best edge rushers in the league, Hufunga, Ward. Like, they just have all pro players all around. And, yeah, this is a grand opportunity for Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, who are still without Trayvon Diggs and really showed that this defense could still make plays with Deron Bland, uh, pick six last week against Mac Jones and Leighton Van Esch's fumble recovery for a touchdown. They're still – they still got playmakers, but, hey – this is your true test, and if Dak Prescott can get it done, then that's going to be huge for the Cowboys' confidence. Well, let's bring in the, the guru, the guru, <laughs> the
0: one and only, Stretch. <laughs> Glenn Smith, former Cowboys offensive assistant coach. Stretch, how the hell are you doing, my man?
3: I'm good, fellas. How are you all today?
0: Good, man. We are, We're We're like in disbelief. We think Kyle Shanahan – like, every time I saw Brock Purdy in a big game at Iowa State, he coughed up a hairball. Now he's 9-0. and Mr. Irrelevant, they got rid of Lance, they got rid of Jimmy G, all for Brock Purdy. Kyle Shanahan thinks this is his guy to take him to the Super Bowl. I'm like, I'll believe it when I see it. But Kyle Shanahan, shit, Jimmy G was 7-0 and to start his his NFL career with Shanahan. I mean – and he got paid a fortune for it because it was near the end of the season that he went seven and zero. What yeah, do you think I mean, of Kyle Shanahan stretch?
3: Yeah, I mean, you, you you use the term guru. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a I'm a guru. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> Shanahan's been he's been you know he's been tabbed to that, and, he, and he's obviously you know he understands. You know offense. He's been around it with his dad. He understands that zone scheme. They do a great job with running the football. They're a very talented football team. They're really good tight end. Really good skill players. And you know he's got a quarterback that can function. They went and traded for McCaffrey, who's you know the reason that Carolina let him go. He's hurt all the time, and and he hasn't been hurt much with San Francisco. So I think that uh, you know you you have to you have to give him credit and uh, you have to know that he's a good offensive coach. You know, I go and say that Dallas is every bit as talented on the offensive line, every bit as talented on the defensive line, every bit as talented, I think, in the skill position players. I believe every bit as talented in the back end of the defense. The question becomes you got a $40 million quarterback versus a $300,000 quarterback, and that's what you talked about. So I think that's what it's going to come down to is – who can function the best from a quarterback standpoint. And we know that Shanahan's offense is a quarterback-friendly offense. They run the zone, run the zone, boom, they pull the zone, they boot out, and they can do those things. So, um, you know, I I look for Dallas to to obviously get after him from a defensive standpoint. And I also say that, you know, ultimately Kyle Shanahan coached for Dan Quinn when they went with Atlanta to the Super Bowl. So Dan Quinn is going to understand – some of, you know, Kyle Shanahan's um, play calling methods, some of his tendencies. Now I'm sure they change all that from an analytical standpoint, but I do think that uh, obviously the Cowboys have got their work cut out for them, but I really point to one position. And I believe it's all about the quarterback. And if the quarterback can function for the Cowboys, they'll have every opportunity to win the football game. If he, Decides he's going to throw it to the other team, which he's very capable of doing. Then you know they could, uh, you know they could have a tough time out there in San Francisco.
1: Yeah, Stretch, this is a defense in the 49ers that just have so many different guys that can make plays and cause havoc for Dak Prescott in this offense. With what you saw with Dak last Sunday against the Patriots, which they made Bill Belichick's team, that was just flat-out embarrassing for New England. But with what you saw last weekend, how much confidence do you have in Dak going into the Bay and trying to get a dub?
3: Well, they, I mean, they can move the football. Dallas hasn't had any issues moving the football. Their issues have become you know, issues in the red zone. Well, this is the first time that you're going to see a Dallas offensive line that's going to have their true five starters out there, Smith and Smith on the left, the uh Martin and Steele. Now, we know red zone offense is really all about the more physical football team. It's about – going and bloodying somebody's nose. It's about you're in a tight area and you got to come off the football and you got to get a hat on a hat. And Dallas is going to have their best five versus San Francisco's best five. So I think it's a great matchup. I think it's a matchup that everybody obviously is going to want to see. And, uh, you know, I do believe that Dallas will be able to remedy some of those red zone issues because, again, they've got their... You know, their, their, their top offensive line is going to play. And uh, I think Jake Ferguson is, is really a good tight end. I, I think they made a right read there. That's why they let Schultz get out of here to, to free agency and go to Houston. And so, uh, I you know, I could see Dallas bowing up and saying, you know what, we're, 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 fixing, to, we're fixing to get after him and we're going to get after him in a physical way because that's what it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to the more physical football team and the, and the two quarterbacks who can, uh, you know, function and, and, and get their football team in the end zone when they get them in the red zone. So this is an
0: interesting um, subject, the red zone, because Teddy Lehman, the former Oklahoma linebacker, came out this week and said he thinks Quinn Ewers is average and looks at Texas's struggles in the red zone and puts a lot of that on Quinn Ewers. And so how much of red zone success or failure do you put on the quarterback? And you watch Texas football. How much of tech, because Texas is having the same issues the Cowboys are, um, how much of the struggles do you put on yours?
3: Well, I mean, you know, I, I've watched every Texas game this year. I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't say Quinn Ewers is the issue. I think that again, you you there's only so many things you can do in a very tight area. I mean, that that's what you got to remember. And when you see Kansas City, they run all kinds of misdirection. They run all kinds of zip motion and ghost out the backside and shovel it up underneath. There's all kinds of little things that they're trying to do just to get one guy to step you know, as, as if he's going after the the ghost fake one guy to say, "Uh Oh, here comes, you know, here comes a power block. I'm going to wrong shoulder this. And they misdirection that. I believe the key start again in the red zone. When you have red zone issues, the key is the offensive line. You have to be more physical and impose your will in the, in the offensive line. When you get down in those really tight areas, because, you and I can madden it together and we could sit here and get some cocktail napkins out and draw a bunch of, you know, we could draw all kinds of things, but ultimately if, 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 if they're going to tackle, you better block their ass and that that's what it comes down to. I mean, it's a, it's a mentality of saying we're going to come off the ball. And, uh, and I believe that I, I believe you'll see Texas do that this week. I really do. I think that, uh, I think that both of these games, um, a little bit mirror one another, you know, I think Texas is saying, Hey, you know what, we're going to come in here and we're going to impose our will because quite frankly, they are the better football team. I'm talking about from a physical standpoint, offensive, defensive line. I'm talking about get after it up front. And I think, I think that Dallas will show that too, because I think that they're bringing their top five offensive linemen in is going to, is going to speak volumes. Now, guess what? If it doesn't, and you know, Dallas will be in for a long year, and uh, and 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 we'll have to see where it goes. But I, I do believe that it starts from a red zone perspective, fellas. It starts with the guys up front, and you gotta, you gotta be able to come off the ball, create angles, and when you get, when you get that angle, I mean, moving your feet and getting those guys moving.
1: Yeah, Stretch, what does this Texas OU game mean to you? I mean, the Red River shootout, being taken to the SEC. The SEC commissioner is going to be down there to check it out, and I don't think Brett Yomark, the Big 12 commissioner, will be down there to see it for the last time in the Big 12. He will not be there. Oh, that's so petty. That's so weak. Come on, Brett. These are the only two teams that are ranked in the Big 12. How can you miss it? But, you know, (laughs) whatever. But, Stretch, what does this game mean to you, and what are your fondest memories of it?
3: Uh, I mean, I mean, obviously I've been on both sides of this deal and, and I, you know, I'll just share this with you. I, I, we'll, we'll, I know you guys always want to pull a story time with stretch out. So it's story I'll, time I'll, with stretch yeah. kids. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it to you. So I was, uh, it was my first year at Oklahoma and Todd Shonar. He was, uh, he was uh, one of the graduate assistants had played quarterback at Clemson. And he, I remember going into that week, he said, tell me, why is this game such a big deal? And, you know, all you could hear was the eyes of Texas playing in OU, you know, in the OU training room throughout the facility. All you hear was Phil Collins. I can feel it coming in the air tonight. Yack, yak, yak. We, we get all that. And I remember telling Todd Shonar, who, I mean, even he, he, he admitted it. He said, man, I've been in Clemson, Florida State. I've been, in, you know, maybe the biggest game in the country. I said, the difference is, is you haven't played in a stadium where it's split down the middle. You haven't played in a stadium where you have so many passionate fan base a, a fan base that is rabid uh, both of them are very prideful in the states in their states where they are and there's nothing like it walking down the tunnel and, and, and the fact that it's in the cotton bowl it, it, it it's right down the middle it's right around the state fair there's just so much around it and I remember him and he was walking down with me and I remember Right there, they had that walkover kind of over the tunnel. And I remember some people razzing, my asshole stretch, you're a traitor, whatever. And, and I remember Todd Shonar, I remember Todd Shonar looked at me and he said, you know what, I, I, I've never been around. And we got, and we, let me say this, we got right to the bottom down there. Bevo's on one side and the schooner's on the other. and Bevo's snorting around. The schooner's wanting to run them little chicken shit ponies out there. But the bottom line was, it, it, it's two rabid fan bases that are, that are prideful. And Todd Shonar looked at me and said, I've, I've never experienced anything like it. And I think it's a very electric, you know, it's a very, uh, you know, I, I don't know, it, it, it's the zenith of college football. That's all I know to tell you. And they can, they can talk about all the other rivalries in the country. To me, when you got two teams in the top, what, 12 right now, I guess Oklahoma's 11, Texas at three, undefeated, Coming into this game. Little fall in the air. It's gonna be 69, 70 degrees. You know, Chip will have him a bellyache from eating one of them corn dogs and drinking one of those state fair Doctor Peppers. So it'll 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 have a magic my funnel cake double dinner. queso burger. Yeah, God bless you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I say it doesn't get any better than Texas, Oklahoma. I don't care what any I don't care what anybody says. I don't care. Michigan, Ohio State, Yak, Yak, UCLA, no, you're USC. Nothing right. right. like it's,
0: it. It's because they divide the fans at the 50. So you have you have one fan base trying to out scream the other. It's an assault on the senses for the players because they're used to hearing cheers at home games and silence when they're playing well on the road. The sound never goes down in that game. So if you're the team winning. That sound picks you up and carries you like Superman. If you're the team that's losing, it can feel like you're drowning. And that's why this series goes in streaks 16 times since 1900. The, the you know, teams have won at least three in a row and as many as nine in a row. And it's crazy. If you look at that series, it's WWW for one team, LLLL, you know, it's, And and if you get on the wrong side of it for two years in a row, it gets in your head. It gets in the program's head. You show up that third year. I mean, Texas knows. They had good teams in the early 2000s. They got poleaxed from 2000 to 2004. And it's because of what you said, Stretch. It's because of the seating in the Cotton Bowl. There's no other game like that. There's no other atmosphere like
3: this. No, again, fellas, they they can say, Everything they want, they can talk about all these other rivalries. There is nothing like coming down the tunnel of the Cotton Bowl and, and the Texas Oklahoma game. There, there's just, just nothing like it. And I think anybody that's ever played in a game, anybody that's ever coached in the game, anybody that's ever experienced that, like you were saying, Chip, I mean, it is, it is, you're trying to, you know, you're trying to get your fan base going. Both bands will be ripping it, like I said. Bevo, the schooner, they'll be shooting the damn guns. It'll be, I mean, it's a wild west atmosphere and it's, it doesn't get any better than Texas Oklahoma. I mean, if you don't, if you go to the damn cotton bowl Texas Oklahoma game and it doesn't, it doesn't make the hair on your neck stand up and you're, you're, you ain't got a damn pulse.
0: Yeah. 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 The one thing I have not seen at a Red River shootout, I've not seen the schooner tip over. I love, <laughs> I'd love to see that this year. I've seen, I've seen it on, you know, on TV when it tips over. That'd be good. Cool. You,
3: you want to see that? You you just want to see that girl come bust her ass out of there and take, <laughs> take a big roll. That's what it is. Yo, they fall hard,
1: Stretch. When all fall, that hair. They fall hard, man. That, <laughs> that's a crazy sight. So so you being on both sides of it, can you tell us what your point of view are your just finest memories of both sides of being on both sides and your point of view of being on both
3: sides. I, I mean, again, I, th- I think, you know, when, 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 you know, when you, when you go in there and you, and you, and you, and you make Bosworth pout over a, over a tie and, a, and, and what he felt like was a bad call. I mean, that's one side of it. When you get on the other side of it and you go to be a graduate assistant at, at Oklahoma and you, you I think I was literally, I was about to quit. I, I had had enough, and uh, and uh, Switzer gave me a few sideline passes, and I was able to pedal those off and make myself a little money. And next thing you know, oh, oh, oh that's right, oh, yeah, it had some had some long cash coming out of there, and uh, you know, I I woke up. I think it was this is the true. This is true. It was ten. It was ten o five. I was in the Marriott at DFW. And uh, I jump freaking out of bed and we have a noon meeting and pod and I had me a five series BMW and I was carrying the mail to Norman praying Switzer'd be a few minutes late back there for that noon meeting. I had, I I, I was, I I had my hair on fire heading through the Arbuckles and I was damn glad when I got there and was able to, and he was 15 minutes late and I set my, I sat my ass down in the back of that meeting room and started breathing like I was Lamaz breathing for crying out loud. I was so glad I could get back there in time, but Hey, there ain't nothing like winning it. And, and, and being able to, you know, being able to come out of there a winner and it, and it goes so far in recruiting. It goes so far in everything that you do for your fan base. It's, it's, it's a big-ass it's a big, it's a big ass game, and don't make any mistake about it. Don't let anybody tell you any different than that.
0: Does that golden hat
3: fit on your head? Chip. you got a big Coach, head. Coach, i got a, I, I, I got a seven and five-eighths, and it, 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 there's a lot of room in there to store a bunch of other stuff. So, hell no, it didn't fit. And I didn't, I didn't <laughs> even try the damn thing on.
0: <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. I oh, mean, <laughs> This, okay. So when you were on the Texas side, I don't think I like, I don't know if we've talked about, like, I know you went to Texas. But, like, what, what
3: positions you play, all that stuff? Well, I mean, I, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I tried to get out there there. I'm not going to pretend I was anything, but I, you know, I, I, I tried and wasn't, wasn't much of a player. I'm a hell of a lot more better coach than I was a player, but, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not I'm not going to say that I, I I did much of anything. I had shoulder issues my very first year, wasn't able to overcome. So, I, it, it's, it's, um, you know, like I said, I, I didn't get to I, – I didn't experience that on-the-field experience. I felt, you know, coming out of the tunnel there and then obviously coaching it and the other side of it. So, I'm not going to get on here so, and tell you the story that you want to hear because I didn't – get- you- were you at OU when Mac Brown was the O.C.? No, I was at OU when Jim Donnan was the O.C. Okay. He was the Georgia coach. So right after Mac. Correct. He had, I think Mac had gone to maybe Tulane then. Yeah. Yeah, because Switzer,
0: this, I love this story. I don't know if I've told you this story, but they're playing Kansas in 84. Danny Bradley goes down. They take the red shirt off of Aikman. And they come in at halftime. They're down seven to three to Kansas. And Mac Brown's going off saying, if we don't play better, we're going to lose this game. And then they went out and lost the game. And Switzer grabbed Mac after the game and said, We don't ever talk about losing in my locker room. And Mac said that changed him forever as a coach. Like he always, you know, talked him up and all that, but
3: Switzer. I mean, I can, I can only tell you that, you know, anybody that doesn't or says they don't care for Barry Switzer have, have never met Barry Switzer. Oh, he's, I
0: mean, he, he's the best. He's
3: a great guy to work for. He's, he's, he's a great guy. I mean, he's a, you know, he's sound, he's a sound human being. I, I respect Barry in every single way. Obviously he gave me an opportunity to coach when, I couldn't get an opportunity there and we're not going to speak about that right now, but you know, he gave me the opportunity to, 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 you know, coach, to have my own position, to have my own meeting room. And then obviously brought me back to the Cowboys. So I I have nothing but positive things to say about Switzer, but I can remember friends of mine saying, you know, they'd make a comment and I'd say, I tell you what I want you to do. I want you to go with me and, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go meet Coach Switzer, get around Coach Switzer. They'd be around him for five minutes, and all of a sudden, you know, they, they got their arm around him, they're yucking it up with him. And, I mean, he was, he was a great guy to be around and fun to be with. And, I mean, it doesn't get any better than, than Barry Switzer. And, obviously, I mean, I have nothing but positive things to say about Coach Akers, which was my time at Texas, too. God rest his soul. He was a hell of a man, too. So, um, you know, it had been great coaches. It's a great rivalry. I mean, you look at Coach Royal, you know, Oklahoma guy. Go comes to Texas. You know, obviously, we know what he's done. Mac Brown start. You know, kind of got his start at Oklahoma, came to Texas. So I think there's a lot of there's a lot of crossover and a lot of passion there um, for for both of these universities and what they stand for, and you know, the towns, the states. We could just sit here and go on and on.
0: Can you believe Daryl Royal still the all time interceptions leader at Oklahoma.
3: I, you know, I didn't, I didn't know that, but I do know, I, I did know he was, a, he was a hell of an athlete. And, you know, I, I think of, I think a lot of, of Bill Bradley and, you know, you talk about interceptions and I, mean know, I, 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 there, there's so many guys, Jerry Gray, I mean, Mossy Cade. I mean, there's so many guys from a defensive back standpoint. And then, you know, you, you got all the guys you know, again that we're at Oklahoma. Yeah, we just really, really good football players. And there's a there's a lot of history here, fellas. It's gonna be it's, it's gonna be a heck of a Saturday uh, at eleven o'clock, and it'll be a hell of a Sunday night when the Cowboys and the 49ers tee it up. It's two great games. It's gonna be it's just gonna be a heck of a football weekend.
0: Daryl Royal had 18 interceptions at OU. He's still the Whoa. still the all-time interceptions leader for the for the boomers. And like <laughs> As, you, as an offensive minded coach, stretch, you can appreciate this. So, Emery Billard creates the wishbone, and Texas is beating everyone's ass with it. They win the national championship. And was it Chuck Fairbanks? Was it OU? Correct. And he was struggling. And out of the goodness of Daryl's heart, because he's friends with Chuck Fairbanks, he tells Emery Billard to teach the wishbone. Yep. Yeah. To Chuck Fairbanks, whose offensive coordinator was a guy named Barry Switzer.
3: <laughs> I, I was waiting on you to to, to to tag that. That's your that's that's your radio side, but that's exactly right. And 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 then you know Switzer. I mean, you talk about a love for the option and a love for the option game. And then, hell, Oklahoma had the crest on the field. I mean, I can remember the first time I, I, had, I had ever gone to that. You know, I'd I'd ever gone, gotten in the stadium at Norman. You'd look across the field and you'd see the other guy. I mean, he'd be about, about, you you could only see from about mid-quad up because there was a crest on the field. I mean, it was the true run downhill, pitch that ball. I mean, it was all about option football. Unbelievable. And he, of course,
0: the bootlegger's son would walk into the homes of you know, Billy Sims and all the black athletes and be able to, I mean, Eric Dickerson says, I wanted to play for Barry Switzer. My mom wouldn't let me. (laughs) Switzer showed up in a mink and was like, Eric, you're going to love it. You're going to love it in Norman. We're going to, we're going to make you the King of Norman.
1: A mink In this heat. Oh yeah. Man.
0: And Eric Dickerson said, his mom said, ain't no way
3: in hell over my dead body. You're going to, Play football for that man. All right. Well, it it wasn't in this heat. It was about February when he was in there, and <laughs> okay. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure it was, I'm sure it was about sixty degrees down there. But hey, Switzer was sporting that mink coat like he was in Aspen, Colorado. I can promise you that went in there, <laughs> went in there, when not only with a mink coat but a few other things at the time that I don't believe were. Well, the word the word was
0: Charles Thompson told me that there was a country club in Norman where the players could go and order whatever they wanted on some members bill. So they could always go get a meal and whatever, take a date to the country club and and uh, Switzer had it, you know, whatever. I mean, and the funny thing is he's still loyal to all those players to this day
3: hundred percent. I mean, you don't, you won't meet a more loyal guy and, and yeah, what's wrong with having a, what's wrong with having a number at the country club? I worked at Austin country club and had a number. I, 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 I probably tell you Mr. Roberts number at at the country club. I charged me plenty of Bobby Jones shirts on that. What the hell's wrong with that? Right. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) NIL baby. NIL. I was a little, a little ahead of the time, but I, 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 I'll tell you this. I had the, I had the credit card to the inner urban, and I was in charge of the uh, crimson and cream uh, recruiting girls. And we, we 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 didn't have any issues yeah. with money. We didn't have any issues with what we needed to cater in. And uh, you know, if we wanted to have a little uh, frozen frescas on tap, we might do that too. What, what, I don't understand what's wrong with that, Chip. No, yeah, <laughs> not a damn thing. Stretch a damn thing. <laughs> That's right. <You'd> have, <laughs> if I and if I divided you, you you. You'd have had your narrow ass in there. You'd have been the first one invited and the first one to show up. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right, you feel you feel
0: you feel good enough on the Longhorns and Cowboys to put a little wager.
3: Oh, absolutely. I, 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 I you know what? I feel I feel good enough that I'd uh, I'd make it a little two team parlay. As a matter of fact, I mean, okay. I could see I can see Texas coming out here and and uh, I, I'm talking about putting an ass whipping on Oklahoma. I really do. I, I think that could happen, and then I, you know, I, I don't think that. I think Dallas would be a very tight game, uh, but but I think that if if Dak will just, you know, just keep it out of the ditch, just keep it on the road for us, make a few plays here and there defensively, we'll get after them. and I, I could see the Cowboys winning a close game, and I and I could see uh I could see you guys driving back to Austin and and and, and absolutely yucking it up over a big win.
0: All right, right buddy. Know. Well, listen. You're the best. Love story time with Stretch. You kidding me?
3: Yeah, I, you know what, Chip? I, I I try to give you a little something to, you know, kind of get you through the weekend. Hey, have a good weekend, Dad. Hey, if you don't get one of those big Dr. Peppers, pardon I don't know what they do to that. I don't know what they. Do. I never have figured it out what they do to those Dr. Pepper guns at the fair. But it's a a sweeter Dr. Pepper, and it's got that burn in your esophagus. I'm talking about, Padna, you you get one of those Fletcher's corn dogs and chase it down with that Dr. Pepper. It doesn't get any better than that. You sure you didn't Uh, put a little whiskey in there? Well, you go to your church, and I'll go to mine. I can't remember. I got selective amnesia. (laughs) Gretch, let's do it again next week. Have a great weekend. See you guys. Have a good one. Thanks, Stretch. Right. Appreciate you, man.
0: There he is. Time time with Stretch. You kidding me? It's the best. It's the best. It's always a good time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's terrific. Um, all, right. all right, Zay. Oh. All right. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready, man. Before I right,
1: get isn't I gotta that? get the covert B cave. Oh, of course. And the covert family that has been holding the greater Austin area down for over a hundred years. The covert team has been committed to providing customers with a high quality selection of new and pre-owned vehicles and outstanding service and customer satisfaction to the greater Austin area people for over a hundred years. So go visit them at Covert B cave, the 42 acres, just has seven Beautiful brands to choose from, Cadillac, GMC, Ram, Buick, Chrysler, Dodge, and Jeep. Covert BK will hook you up. And if you want to look for the latest specials and inventory, you can either stop by or you could go online at covertbk.com. There's Covert's all over the greater Austin area, but the one that holds Texas Sports Unfiltered down is the one at Covert BK. Dan and the crew do a terrific job, not only with us, but for everybody who's trying to buy a car for them nobody beats a covert deal not now not ever
0: all right kids we just had story time with Stretch. now
1: it's time for
3: the right call with zay yeah, collier
1: yeah yeah so i saw something today um very interesting about the nfl and a very good team that was around almost a decade ago, it seems like, and that you come to find out that's had or that had way more problems than we thought, and that is those old school, I want to say they're old school, but they are older Legion of Boom teams for the Seattle Seahawks back in that what 2014 2013 time. You know, Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor, Old Thomas, Marshawn Lynch, Russell Wilson. You know, the team was solid. Pete Carroll as the coach, and Marshawn Lynch, he went on Shannon Sharp's podcast or show, whatever. And Shannon was asking them just straight up, like, hey, what's your relationship with Russell and Pete Carroll? And Marshawn Lynch just straight up said, I don't mess with those guys. I don't have Russell's number. Me and Pete Carroll weren't really tight. Russell was just my quarterback. That's it. We didn't have no relationship. And yeah, just kind of basically saying that, you know, he blocked his number type of stuff. And it kind of goes to Russell Wilson now and the type of character he is and how he acts and just, uh, um, just being non-authentic. You know, the running on the plane when they're taking a trip. You know, the let's ride stuff. Like Russell Wilson could come off as really corny and unauthentic, and it could rub some people the wrong way. I get it. You have to. You have an image, but you also have to look like a real person. And sometimes that could get a little fuzzy for Russell Wilson, but we know Marshawn Lynch, you got to take it with a grain of salt because he's a character, his own self. So Marshawn Lynch, you know, I know a lot of GMs probably didn't like the way that he rolled during his NFL career, but whatever to each his own, but yeah, you know, Going back to that game against the Patriots chip in the Super Bowl where Pete Carroll and those guys should have ran the ball and gave it to Marshawn, you would expect him to have some saltiness. Yeah, expect him to be a little bitter, a little petty. And the fact that Russell was the one that threw that ball, like if they would have scored, I don't think Marshawn Lynch would be saying this. If those guys have two rings instead of one, I don't think Marshawn Lynch would be saying this. But the fact that it went down like that, I It makes sense now because usually when you win at the highest level and win Super Bowls and stuff, and we're seeing this with like one of my favorite Thursday Hilton type stories is Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen beef that they have. I think that's absolutely terrific. But usually when you win championships, that's like an unbreakable bond that can't be touched. Like, yeah, we might have had our differences, but I'm not going to throw him out there to the media in a disrespectful way because me and this guy went to war together. And for the Jordan Pippen case, obviously it's messy with Jordan's son and you know Scotty Pippen's ex wife dating and stuff, and Scotty Pippen feeling like he got absolutely hosed on the last dance and how they made him look, which was trash. They made Scotty look pretty bad, and it was all about Michael. Like Scotty's in the Hall of Fame too, he deserved to be a part of that a little bit more. I get it, Mike, you're the greatest of all time. But in Marshawn's case, yeah, it's weird to just see these types of things because, again he's he's making Russell like he could have said a lot more if you go back and watch this clip with Marshawn Lynch and Shannon Sharp he could have said a lot more and even the stuff that he didn't say it makes you think Chip oh wow like this guy Russell Wilson he's been like this like he's been kind of a just in a way fake guy and I think his wife, Sierra, because everybody loves Sierra. I mean, she's gorgeous, she's made hits, you know, she's a mom and stuff. She got away from the crazy gangsta ish rapper in future and got with Russell. So maybe he feels like he needs the, you know, Russell has the pressure on having to put this very positive image on while her baby daddy's out here talking about Lean and popping Molly and stuff. I don't know. But it's it's weird to Still have this be a thing and not just take the higher road. If you're Marshawn, who's in the limelight a lot, he does that Thursday night football stuff. Like he's always talking, but it's weird for a guy that's won a Super Bowl with Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson not to have a good relationship with him.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, I used to defend Russell, and then he just got weird. Yeah. You know, like I felt like when he was still with Seattle and and Percy Harvin got dealt because there were rumors that someone got with Russell's wife from the team. Look at me, now I'm going for Zay Hilton. And that's like, what I'm talking like, about, baby. And like the locker room divided and was against Wilson, but Wilson just kept winning games and Figuring out ways to win games and put up great numbers, and then he got with Sierra, and it was like he just turned into a weirdo. Like he's doing, he's doing like live streams from his bed, Mister. What? What's that stupid thing he says? Yeah,
1: what does he call himself?
0: Mister Mr. Um, something. Mister un. Touchable or something—I don't know—some stupid weird thing. Um, he just got weird, and then I thought, okay, he's gonna go to Denver. He's gonna get it going, Mister Unlimited. Mister Unlimited, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and and it was like Mister Unlimited, unlimited. <laughs> <and> you're like, <laughs> dude.
1: Oh man.
0: Yeah, I I I kind of. Kind of just threw up the threw up my hands on Russell, yeah. Because he was a he was a hell of a player. I mean, he was a warrior, but he got the Super Bowl and then he got the girl. And I think he's just like he's got the money. Does he does he have a kid with Sierra or does she have kids yeah. from? Yeah, yes.
1: they got kids together. But he acts like he's baby Future's real father, which is good. Like, you, you got to do that. You're all Y'all are married, so you got to act like the dad. But he makes the future look bad. And look, this is the thing, too. This is my petty Paris a. Hilton coming out for sure. Everybody listens Love to that. Future. Yo, everybody listens to Future, Chip, especially for a football player. Like, Future is – top five hype music to jam before the game easily, easily, just good turn up music, get you ready to go. You know, what he be talking about It's fun. So if we can't play that in the locker room, because this guy over here might be in a verse or something like that, or he's just, he doesn't have big enough co- cojones to take that. You know, he's not comfortable with himself to have that plan throughout the locker room because of what that dude did to your wife previously.
0: Golden Tate, I believe it was.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. And then, then- they,
0: dealt, they dealt Golden Tate. Like, they dealt him, and Percy Harvin was like, why are we dealing Golden Tate? He's a good player. Yeah. So what if he got with Russell's wife? So what if he got with Russell's wife? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so what? So oh, then they got rid of man. Percy. Yeah. And then the rest of the locker room was like, Why are we getting rid of all of our good players? Because they've
1: been getting with Russell's wife, man. That's what I'm saying, Yo, the Spurs didn't get rid of Tony Parker when he was doing the Britt Barry situation. What you wrong, TP? You're still wrong for that. You still, yeah, even Longoria blew that. Like, you know how good even Longoria looks? She still looks good to this day. And that was when she was in her hay. Her, hey, Desperate Housewives, Season 3, Eva, like she was right. And Tony had just the temptation. The temptation gets some brothers, man. They can't help themselves. Because I am from. The temptation gets some brothers, yeah. (laughs) I am from. Yeah, but they kept them, and the Spurs kept winning championships and stuff. So, yeah, Yeah, what really matters at the end of the day, Russell, you got to have stronger skin, man. You want to win? got to have tougher skin, dog. But, yeah, I. it's hard to – you got to take Marshawn Lynch's statements with a grain of salt because it's not like he doesn't have his own luggage. It'd be different if Marshawn Lynch was like a – you know, if it was an Emmett Smith talking or a Barry Sanders. Like you're talking to Marshawn Lynch. This is the guy that says he went to the locker room at halftime and took a swig of Hennessy in multiple games. Like, this is a different type of character. He's from Oakland, for real, for real. He's a different type of character. So when he says stuff like this, even though I do think some of it is true, I also think, well, Marshawn, you didn't make it easy for anybody. Like, you did your own thing, and I know you had your teammates you were boys with, but I don't think Marshawn just lets anybody in his circle either. So... I don't And Russell, I don't think he's ever going to say anything about his teammates. I think he understands, hey, I'm not going to talk bad about the guys I went to war with. There's a certain code in the NFL that you have to have. And shoot, you saw I saw Alex Bregman talking about Carlos Correa, talking about they ain't friends. Somebody asked, oh, you're friends with Carlos Correa, right? With this uh, uh, Twins Astros matchup. Carlos, and uh, Alex Bregman said, "Nah, we ain't friends. Straight up. Straight up like that. I don't know if he's joking. I don't know.
0: Correa, Correa's a little bit of a hothead.
1: Yeah. How
0: yeah. about Kobe selling uh, Pau Gasol down the river? Oh, Kobe. He did it to Shaq, too. What he did he do to Pau? Powell. Told Pau's wife that Pau was out on the road getting busy.
1: He did that to Pau? I know and he Shaq. did it to Shaq. I know he and did it to Shaq. Shaq. Yeah, that's what... Because Shaq was... You know, he needed something because Kobe was out here cheating in Colorado and all that stuff. And then Kobe was like, Shaq out here, too. What y'all worried about me for? Shaq out here living crazy, too. And Shaq's wife divorced the hell out. At least Kobe stayed with his woman. He bought her that big ass ring, Vanessa, and they worked it out. Shaq, his wife, got a divorce and then started Basketball Wives the show with his money. Ain't that a bitch? <laughs> like that is cold-blooded it's one thing to divorce him and just take the money and go live somewhere on an island how many times she Shaq been divorced but, wow. i just once i know he has a couple baby mamas but Shani has a lot of
0: commercials man a lot oh
1: yeah 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 the dude's smart the dude's smart. And yeah. that's the thing. That's what another reason why Kobe was so, you know, salty in a way. Cause if Shaq wasn't doing commercials, if Shaq wasn't rapid, Shaq wasn't trying to pretend to be a cop and all this stuff and was in the gym instead of doing all of those things. True, the Lakers might have had eight championships, seven, like Jordan and them. Like it wouldn't have stopped that let me, three. Let
0: me tell you. The the one state you do not want to get divorced in is California because you pay alimony for the rest of your life. Oh, yeah. You want to get divorced in Texas where they cap payments. At, they cap the payments. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. I wouldn't mm-hmm. wish it on anybody. Like, seriously, wouldn't wish it on anybody. But do not get divorced in California. Oh, yeah. good Lord.
1: Yeah, yeah. You, you taking the risk marrying an NBA player. Women out there, okay. They look attractive. They got great bodies. They're tall. That's all what you look for. But um yeah, a lot of other girls like what you like. And hmm, they're in the hotel man. lobby
0: of every away game.
1: Every away game, man. Every single similar- one. My mama told me her best friend back in the day, which, mama, I got to out you. This is your homegirl. You didn't do nothing, so whatever. I'm throwing your homegirl under the bus. My mama back in the 80s, her and her homegirl back in Houston, when the Boston Celtics would come into town, they knew exactly where Larry Bird was staying, and her homegirl was a huge Larry Bird fan, and they would see him walking around and stuff. I'm like, damn, it was that easy? It was that easy if you wanted it to be so yeah man that's bird you know bird he kept to himself you know he was the type of dude that mowed his own lawn and stuff and people would take pictures outside like bird he wasn't all about that but there's some dudes zion williamson that are all about that (laughs) so yeah hey i gotta i gotta ask
0: about this how about uh how about jared elliott Recruiting Marcus Spears' daughter, Carrie Spears, the number one player in the 2025 recruiting class, 6'4 outside hitter, Carrie Spears, committed to Texas.
1: Big time. Yeah, she understands this is a team that wins national championships. You want to play with the best. So, yeah, why not? Come here, get a great degree, play some high-quality volleyball, and they're going to be good when we go to the SEC, too. So, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. He, she he got it on height, that's for sure. Well,
0: she joins some other daughters of famous, um, you know, pro-athlete parents. Um, My girl – uh O'Neal. Yeah. Um. Oh, God. Who else? Anyway. Carrie Spears, baby. Yeah. Oh, man. Zay. I got to figure out how to get my internet back on, man.
1: Yeah, man.
0: I'm sweating. Got, I
1: got a lot to figure out. We don't live too far from one another. I didn't get hit like you did. That's, man.
0: I think it melted my router because everything else is working. Like, the power's back. My my internet is working because I'm using an Ethernet cord from the wall to keep yeah. all this going. But the router for all the like Wi-Fi is toast. So yeah. anyway. Wow. Hey, listen. listen, we love our we love our sponsors. We love them all. And uh don't forget, kids, to make your plans for Monday night at Salt Traders Coastal Cooking. Guys, you want to be on point date night, make a Monday night date night when she's least expecting it. Go get some of the best seafood you've ever had at Salt Traders Coastal Cooking. This is the seafood restaurant of our man, Jack Gilmore, who also has given you Jack Allen's kitchen. He's the greatest guy, A, first of all. And you want... The best seafood, the best oysters, and a place to catch Monday Night Football. See? Be a-thinking. Be thinking ahead. Salt Traders Coastal Cooking. Locations in Austin and Round Rock. Now, tomorrow, Zay, from what I hear from our esteemed leader who I see in the green room, the one and only BK, you are doing a show from 12 to 2 with Kevin Dunn, KD. Oh,
1: there we go. Okay.
0: And then the roundtable from Big D Dallas um, will convene.
1: Okay, cool, man. Yeah, we're doing it big. We're actually going to be in Dallas. You know what I'm saying? Unlike some people out here trying to represent Texas sports. No, Texas sports unfiltered will be here in Dallas. Yeah.
0: Like we'll at, yeah, we'll be at the Harwood Tavern tomorrow, 2 to 5.
1: Yeah, let them so, know.
0: Zay, we didn't do our picks, man. Can we, Can we like, figure out our picks, like, right now or tomorrow?
1: Uh, dang, man, we going overtime. Uh, no, no, we can't do we that. Them.
0: We can't do that. We'll do it tomorrow.
1: We got tomorrow. Bye.
0: Let's text each other, and then we'll just announce them on the air.
1: All right, got you. Got gotcha, you, man. You be safe going to Dallas, my friend. All right, man. All right, y'all be here cool. Here comes, here comes BK. Right? Yeah.
0: There he is. What's up, boys? The What's hardest up, man? working man in show business.
4: Hey, yeah, y'all, y'all don't expect any overtime pay.
1: So. <laughs> what for these three minutes? <laughs> I'm trying to get off, man.
4: For these three minutes of gold. Oh shoot, it well, was I mean, gold, but it's
0: not even worth a can of Olipop.
4: I can get I, you I, some Olipop.
0: I, I I'm out here buying Olipop. You're giving it to all the staff. I'm like, <laughs> how, did I did I miss the memo? Did I piss you off?
4: Oh no, I got some for you. I'm bringing some up to Dallas. I'll I'll hand over a couple of cans. What's Dude, the love, uh love cream it. soda? That's your go-to. Love it. Yeah, love the, I mean, I love them all, but I love the cream soda.
0: I love the root beer. Yeah, the root beer's good. Yeah it's dangerous uh, man. Yeah, bro. What you got today, BK? You've been you had a solo flight at uh from 12 to 1.
4: Yeah, Trey had to go on a school field trip with his kids. I don't know if that qualifies as a good excuse to miss work, but it is an excuse to miss Fatherly work. Here. Yeah, 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 yeah. But now we're doing a little best of over okay. the next couple of hours. So we're gonna replay the interview Mike Harge did with Earl Campbell yesterday. We're going to replay y'all's interview that you did with Gabe Biker, the Texas OU preview from a couple of days ago, and a couple of other just good Texas OU related interviews from one in our interview with Quan. Yes, that is on there. Yep, that's one of the four. I think we've got four tour from y'all's show. So, see, I love y'all. Might not see? give yeah, you all the olive but I'm, I'm giving you guys the extra yeah. content in this drive time slot. So, there we go uh yeah so that's uh that's it over the next couple of hours so if you missed those interviews or want to watch them again we we got you covered right and here
0: we have brian Robinson on zay oh uh, yeah.
1: was that last week
0: let me see let me see let me see he was good too i missed yeah. that one. Oh yeah b rob
1: last week that was last week kansas game okay yeah Everything's flowing so fast, man. Starting to lose track. That's a good thing. We got some great people on Texas sports. On yeah, it
4: was Friday. It was yeah. Friday. Yeah, I'll never forget uh, the halftime of the Wyoming game, right? That was on LHN. And, of course, our guys Griff and, and B-Rob were on there. And they, it was Alex Loeb running the show. And at the end of the halftime report, he's like, give me one word to describe the first half of this game. And B-Rob said, disturbing. And I thought it was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> I mean, B-Rob, if you
0: want laughs, oh. go look up on YouTube his interviews that he did with the Minnesota Vikings asking every player, what player on our team would you not want your sister to date? <laughs> and they all said, Stefan Diggs.
4: Yeah. yeah. And I remember B-Rob
0: that. goes to Stefan Diggs and is like, hey, man, what's up? All these, everyone on the team says you're the you're the one that they don't want their sister today i mean it is hilarious so uh, with that yes we will hand it off to our esteemed leader
4: have a good show
1: appreciate you be see you
4: tomorrow in big d dallas baby yes yeah, sir be safe man absolutely appreciate y'all see y'all tomorrow all right